Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. When people struggle to overcome an addiction to pornography, so often they fight and fight and fight for years. And it can be such a long struggle, and there's so much discouragement that goes with this process. And so often guys lose hope, their wives lose hope, they end up finding themselves back in the same old cycles and they get stuck. And so today I want to share with you one specific thing that you can do to help exit the addiction cycle, ultimately to heal and make progress so this problem is behind you once and for all. I think one of the reasons why people struggle for as long as they do is because of their approach. And I want to share with you one specific thing today that you can do to change your approach to help you not only feel better in the process, but help that actually propel you forward. And that approach is self-compassion. So often when I work with guys, they come in and they talk to me about how they've been struggling for so long. And the way that I hear them talk about how they see themselves is often so critical and so negative. And so many people have this belief that if they beat themselves up, if they're hard enough on themselves, that they're going to do better, that they're going to slip less. And that's so often the intention is to overcome the addiction, to get out of the cycle. But the tool that they're using is self-judgment and criticism. But the research shows that that's the opposite of how you want to approach things. The research shows that it, you actually struggle more the harder you are on yourself. And so this idea of self-compassion can sometimes be kind of vague. Sometimes people don't know what that looks like. Sometimes people have misunderstandings about what that even is. And they think, well, if I'm compassionate with myself, then that means I'm going to give myself permission to go back to it. I'm going to say, well, it's not that big of a deal. So me going back into the problem, it doesn't really, you know, it's not that big of a problem. When in reality, self-compassion is very, very different. I want to share with you an example of somebody that I worked with recently where he started working with me and the biggest problem that he had, the biggest trigger was his own shame. The trigger to go back into the addiction was because of how bad he felt about himself. So the more he beat himself up, the more he said, so it's like you imagine this addiction cycle. You've got yourself at the top. The pain, the thing that you're trying to escape pushes you towards this like ideation or the, the realization of like, okay, the brain has learned if I turn to pornography, then I'll feel better about, you know, how bad I'll feel better about, you know, my situation. I won't feel so, uh, I won't feel so bad. I won't feel so depressed. I won't feel so anxious. So you're at the top of the cycle feeling bad. Then the brain says, okay, we can find something. We can find this way to cope. And once you have this decision of, okay, I'm going to start coping in this way, you start to, you know, going on social media or checking your email. But in the back of your mind, you're inching closer towards looking at something that you know isn't what you want to be doing, but the brain is nudging you towards that because it knows there's a dopamine release when you do. So you feel bad, you seek for the dopamine, you justify why you're doing it. It's not that bad. This is the last time I'm going to do this. Or maybe use resentment in your relationship. Well, my, my wife is always, already so mad at me, so who cares? What's the point? However you rationalize that, then you ultimately take that final step and act out. When you act out, this particular client I was working with, when he acted out, he'd set himself up right at the top of the cycle because he beat himself up afterwards. And he told himself how worthless he was. He told himself that he was just hopeless, that this was something he was going to deal with forever. So why not indulge? Why not give himself permission to do it? because it didn't matter what he did, no matter, his, no matter how hard he tried, he always found himself falling right back into the problem. So the, the self-judgment about being a bad person, being worthless, being disgusting, how could he do this, set him right back up to want to get out of that pain. When we started working together, I helped him see, this is what you're doing. 
it's not working for you. Try it this way instead. And so what I shared with him was this idea of self-compassion. And so what that means is the way that you speak to yourself has a massive influence on how you feel. So instead of saying, I'm worthless, I'm bad, I don't deserve anything, I don't deserve love, I'm flawed, I'm defective, which sets you up at the addiction cycle again, if there's a slip or a relapse, the ideal way that you can handle that is to, number one, tell yourself, hey, I'm on this path right now, and this has been really difficult for me. You can acknowledge how you feel. This feels really hard. I know I've been so hard on myself, and the more I do, the more I want to escape my pain. Once you can just acknowledge how you're feeling, then that sets you up for the next part of this, which is speaking to yourself in a kind way, giving yourself encouragement, giving yourself some support so that you can make a different decision instead of falling back into the addiction cycle. So what that might look like is, I'm having a really hard time right now. I just slipped and this is really painful. I'm feeling so discouraged about where I am and this is really hard. And then the next part of it is, it's, it's basically how would you speak to a good friend? It would be something like, but I can do this. I can start over. I can try again tonight. I can start over. Tomorrow's a new day. And I just need to figure out what led me here so I can do something different and change my approach. And the more I continue to work on this, the more I'm going to overcome this. So some variation of that where you recognize this is tough, but I can do this. And when struggles do happen, I can figure out what's going on. I can approach the situation differently. And if I make mistakes, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means I need to change my approach. So when he started to do this, he recognized very, very quickly that he started to feel differently. And so when he was having a hard day or when he lost his temper on his kids, when he had a fight with his wife, instead of beating himself up and saying, I'm a bad dad or I'm a bad husband, instead he started to saying, okay, sometimes people lose their temper with their kids. It's not what I want to be doing. So let me just work on this a little bit more. Let me give myself a break knowing I can keep trying. I can give myself a break instead of beating myself up. And when you do this, again, I think people get confused. If I give myself a break, Sometimes people interpret that as, well, I'm going to give myself permission to do it. That's not the case. You ultimately want to hold firm to your standard. The standard is, I'm not going to fall back into the addiction. So if that happens, if you get triggered, if you do slip, you still hold the standard while giving yourself a break from beating yourself up. You can acknowledge, hey, I'm trying. Hey, this is difficult. And I'm holding the standard of this isn't okay. I don't want to stay in my addiction. But I can approach this in a very different way. I can be kind to myself along the way as I'm learning. The key in remembering all of this is to recognize that the judgment doesn't help you make progress. Guilt and shame doesn't help you make progress. It's the lesson. When you learn the lesson about why you're struggling and you figure out what led to it and what you need to put in place that's different, that's when behavior changes. It's not beating yourself up. It's not telling yourself there's something wrong with you. The idea behind doing that is that if you were hard enough on yourself, you wouldn't keep doing it. But the reality is, again, the research does not support that. The research shows the more compassionate you are on yourself and the more you figure out why you're struggling and what you need to do differently, that's how you make progress. I remember listening to an interview by Kobe Bryant, and he said that when he got into the NBA, he played games every other day. In high school, he came right from high school, he only played a game once a week. And so when he was in his NBA game early, early on in his career, he would shoot an air ball. And instead of beating himself up and saying, I don't belong in the NBA. I don't deserve to be here. I'm not good enough. I'll never make it, which is all the self-judgment, which is all the self-criticism. 
Some people use that again as a way to motivate themselves, but he had a different approach. He recognized, okay, the reason why I just airballed that shot is because I'm tired. I'm not used to playing games back to back to back, three, four games a week. I'm used to playing one game a week, so it's taking much more energy than I've previously needed to exert. So instead of saying, I don't deserve it, he said, I need to change my workout routine. So he started doing his legs more. He started endurance training more. And as a result of learning where he went off course and what he needed to do differently, that's how he became successful. And so it is with any other area of life, especially with addiction. The more you can simply recognize, okay, what led to this slip was this. And what I need to do is change my approach here. Now you're back in the process. Now you're learning. Now you're growing. And that's a part of how you can find, find this freedom. Let me share with you another example of how a client of mine applied this process of being able to identify why he was struggling, changing his self-talk, and then simply implementing the new plan to ultimately find freedom. I was working with somebody who had been struggling for over a decade, and the main reason why he was struggling was because of his negative views of himself. He felt like he was never enough, whether it was in his relationship with his wife, whether it was as a parent, whether it was at work. He just carried around this heavy, heavy belief of not being enough, not being worthy, and that was one of the main reasons why he kept struggling, because the worse he felt about himself, the more he wanted to escape his pain. And sometimes it was with pornography, sometimes it was with scrolling social media, or just like mindlessly checking his phone. He had these strategies of getting out of his pain, but he never dealt with the issue. So once we started to work together, I helped him see that this belief of not being enough was something that he could actually do something about. He didn't have to struggle with this and the weight of this forever, which contributed to his feelings of depression. And so when we started working together, he shared with me, these are the, some of the scenarios that this belief shows up. I just beat myself up when I get into a fight with my wife. When I do a bad job at work, I just, I feel like I'm not enough. I don't deserve to be here at work. Or in other words, he was working at a particular company where they expected a lot from him and he had this imposter syndrome. He's like, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why they want me. And so no matter what he did, he struggled. So the way that you can start to work with this is to identify what's the belief you're struggling with. And if it's a belief of not being enough, you start to challenge it. And so how we did that was help him recognize that this idea of not being enough was so global. It was such a big, vague belief that it was so hard to challenge. And so what we did, and this is what I would encourage you to do as you're listening, if you're struggling with this belief and if this is why you're, you're having a hard time with the addiction is to recognize this belief, this idea of not being enough is so vague, you can't change it. So you have to make sure you are clear what it is about specifically. And so for him at work, I said, well, when does this show up at work? And he says, well, if I'm in the boardroom and I say something that I feel like, oh, that wasn't really educated or the way that I spoke wasn't very articulate, he would think, okay, I just like, I'm not a good enough, like I'm not good enough. And so I said, okay, so for you, you're saying you get this, this belief shows up of not being enough when you're not articulate as much as you'd like to be. He said, yes. So I said, okay, so it's actually not even about not being enough. It's just wanting to speak more articulately when you're in a meeting with your boss. He said, yes. And I said, notice how it went from this idea of I'm not enough, this vague th theory, to a very specific thing you can actually do something about. And so instead of him saying, I'm not enough, he said, the new question he started to ask himself was, or the self-compassion first, right? There's self-compassion, then you can start to change the question. Instead of saying, why am I not enough? He started to say, you know what? Sometimes we all get nervous in boardrooms. Sometimes we say things that we regret, and that's okay. We can get back on track. We can learn if we made a mistake. If we said something that wasn't true, we can learn, you know, what, what do we do instead? How do we, how do we approach a situation differently instead? 
So that was the self-compassion element. It's, hey, everybody struggles sometimes. That's okay. We can get back on track. We can learn. I can make progress. And then the new question became, what do I need to do to speak more articulately? Do I need to just practice? Do I need to plan ahead of time some of the talking points? Do I need to prepare in a different way? Do I need more sleep? Sometimes I'm tired and I kind of stumble over my words when I'm tired. So instead, so notice what happens. We take this global belief of I'm not enough and chunk it down to something very specific through self-compassion, through asking different questions, and now you get something you can actually work with because then you can come up with a plan. Instead of getting flustered in the boardroom and telling yourself you're not enough, which sets you up to slip in the addiction, it's there is something very specific I can work on. It's becoming more articulate when I speak. And in order for me to do that, I can get more rest, I can prepare ahead of time, and I can make sure just to take my time and stepping into the room, give myself some more compassion. And so as he did this process, he went from feeling like he was struggling all the time to actually feeling confident. Because the more he identified where he wanted to make progress in life, the more self-confident he became. Because he wasn't continuing to beat himself up and he was learning new skills, it took him away from struggling continually with the addiction into becoming the kind of person he wanted to be at work. He applied that same framework at home in his relationship with his wife. Instead of getting in fights all the time, instead of feeling like he was never doing a good enough job, no matter what he did, she was always upset, he started to approach things differently and have different conversations with her to better understand what she needed because he was trying in the ways that he felt were important, but what he learned through conversations because he was more gentle with himself, because he was able to have a conversation with his wife in a different way, he learned that what he was doing wasn't meeting her needs. And again, that's okay. You just get feedback and then you implement the things that are important to her. And so you can apply this principle to literally any area of life. You can become so much more confident, so much more excited about life, so much more looking forward to making progress. Failure is not an issue if you don't beat yourself up. It just is an opportunity for feedback. And so often when I work with with husbands who are struggling with this particular issue where they beat themselves up, when they learn this idea of you can be compassionate, and not only will that help you reach your goal of overcoming your addiction, of developing your skills, of becoming a different person, not only does it help you reach your goal, but you can actually feel so much better every single day instead of waiting until the very end. Well, as soon as I overcome my addiction, then I'll be enough. Then I'll be worthy. The reality is growth and progress comes from a place of worthiness. We don't earn it. We can't be worthy and then make progress. It's the opposite. We make progress because it's okay to make, you know, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. We make progress because we're gentle with ourselves and we identify why we've made a mistake and then simply course correct. And so I want to encourage you who are listening to this to realize that this is something you can implement. And in the beginning, for me personally, I, had to, I applied the same approach, the same strategies. I used to beat myself up all the time, and I didn't even know I was doing it. So once I became aware of why I was feeling just so bad all the time, I just had this low-grade sense of feeling off, feeling depressed, feeling just not myself. And I realized it was because I was beating myself up over very small mistakes, small and big. I just made mistakes and like everybody does, but I just treated myself so harshly. And so once I realized this is what I was doing, I started to change my approach. I started to feel so much better about myself. And again, as I changed my approach and as I felt better about me, I just became the person and it's, just, it's an ongoing process, but in process of becoming who I want to be. And it feels so different. It feels so much better. And so in the beginning, this might feel strange for you. 
and I'm sharing with I'm sharing this tool with you in the process of addiction or in the context of addiction, but it applies equally for the spouse, for the wife. So often she feels like she's not enough. She feels like she's being compared by what her husband has been looking at and she doesn't measure up and it's, it feels awful. The same principle applies by helping to challenge these beliefs, speaking to yourself compassionately, helping you to recognize that, you know, this is a really painful situation you're going through and there's a way out. And the more you can apply this tool to your situation as well, again, the better it feels as you do. The last thing that I want to share is sometimes this is, it feels unfamiliar. And so I, I grew up playing baseball. And the way that you swing a baseball bat is very different than the way you swing a golf club. And so when, so I go out with my dad occasionally, I start, you know, started playing golf with him and I'm not good at all. And I find myself reverting back to the way that I'm swinging a baseball bat. And that's completely the opposite of how you want to do it. And so the principle that I'm trying to share with you in this story is your body has memorized how to beat yourself up if you've been doing this for a long time. Your body's memorized that. So for me, I don't have to think about the mechanics of swinging a baseball bat because I've been doing it for years. So when I'm trying to learn how to swing a golf club, I have to be very conscious and intentional to do it differently. And when I do, it feels awkward and it doesn't feel right, but it is right. I'm swinging how I should be, but it just feels unnatural because it's different than what I'm used to. The same thing is true when it comes to self-compassion. You're going to say kind things to yourself. You're going to say things that are encouraging to yourself. And it's not going to feel very different in the beginning. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel like mm, this is maybe not even true. This is a lie. I'm just lying to myself. The reality is, even though you've memorized how to feel bad, it's through muscle memory and repetition that helps you to feel differently. So I don't want you to be discouraged when you're trying this new tool and thinking like, well, this isn't working for me. You know, I, I'm not feeling any different, so I'm not going to do it. It takes reps. It takes practice. And you can apply the same principle of self-compassion on the process of developing self-compassion. So you can say, no, this isn't working for me. You know, I'm not good at this process. It's, hey, this is a new process. How you might do that self-compassionately. This is a new process. This is going to be a process for me to learn. It's okay for me to make, make mistakes. It's okay for me to not get this perfectly. I just need to stay consistent. And the more I do, the better I'm going to feel. So I would encourage you as you're reflecting on having listened to some of these examples today, if you find yourself in these examples or you can kind of picture yourself in other examples that you find yourself being hard on yourself, I would encourage you to test this out. Try to be compassionate. And remembering that compassion is different than permission. You're looking to just be gentle on yourself. Look for ways that you can improve. Get the feedback and then implement and then keep refining that process. Keep refining your approach. And I promise you as you do this, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to make progress so much faster because this is just how we're wired as people. It's to make progress through planning, through practice, through implementation, through creativity, none of which we have access to if we're being hot on ourselves. So good luck. I hope this is helpful and I look forward to speaking with you guys again soon next week. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship, 
So you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.